Human Events Daily is, as you know, brought to you by Turning Point USA, powered by Turning Point USA. A couple things that are going on over there. Number one, go check out the latest debate night, Charlie Kirk versus Buck Angel on porn culture and the trans agenda. TPUSA.com slash debate night. Also, the Young Women's Leadership Summit coming up June 2 to 4, Dallas, Texas. You go to TPUSA.com slash YWLS. And by the way, you can use promo code POSO for a little bit off your ticket. Make sure you make your reservations today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's stories, we're going to do a full recap of the Jackson confirmation hearings. Next, the ground update in Ukraine. What's going on today? Day 30. Next, Biden says food shortages are going to be real. We've been telling you about it. Thanks to the war in Ukraine and thanks to everything else that's going on with bare shelves, Biden. And finally, foreign fighter OPSEC in Ukraine. We're going to give you an OPSEC brief. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. So we just finished up our first full week and probably our only full week of questioning of Katanji Brown Jackson, who Biden, President Biden, has nominated to sit to a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court, the highest court in our land, just about two blocks down from where I'm sitting right now, the Turning Point USA Embassy ensconced here on Capitol Hill, Washington, D.C. So who is Katanji Brown Jackson? And now the conservatives have said, look, we don't want to go attack her personally. Sure, she's a, a wonderful person, but we do want to look up her record. And we want to dig in on PACER to the various judgments and the various rulings that she's made as a judge during her time on the bench in lower courts. Because keep in mind, there should be a higher level of scrutiny for someone who's going to be to the highest court of our land. And so we've gone through this entire week and we've been talking about her and talking about these rulings and we've pulled out what we believe are the three seminal clips for everyone to remember that give you a, a, a view into her judicial philosophy. Let's play the first one, probably the most controversial, her opinion on child pornography cases. On the internet, with one click, you can receive, you can distribute, tens of thousands. You can be doing this for 15 minutes and all of a sudden you are looking at 30, 40, 50 years in prison. Good. Now some of the fact checkerati out there are coming after Human Events Daily for our coverage of Katanji Brown Jackson on this specific question. Now I haven't miscontextualized her argument on this in any way whatsoever. She's arguing that there are different circumstances because of the method of conveyance of child pornography, male versus uh, internet, your internet distribution, digital distribution, right? She's arguing that the guidelines are written under different set of circumstances because it was done through the mail and that the guidelines should be different. The sentencing guidelines should be different now because of the internet. I'm not misstating her opinion in any way. What I am stating is that I disagree. Child pornography is child pornography, period. Every image, every video is a child being sexually exploited, whether raped, assaulted, or put in a violating position, all right? 
if you're using the internet, that means you're mistreating more children in a faster way. That means that our deterrent level should be higher. But she doesn't think so. That's not her judicial philosophy, and I'm not going to put words in her mouth. That's why we play the clip. Now let's get into the next one, where she is asked about the seminal question about abortion. When does life begin, in your opinion? Senator, um, I don't know. <laughs> Ma'am? I don't know. No, I think this one speaks for itself, right? She's, of course, trying to play this moderate, you know, I'm just a judge. Who am I to say? So she, you know, it's amazing to me. She will, she'll legislate from the bench when she feels like it, when it comes to child porn traffickers. But now all of a sudden she's an objective judge and she's hiding behind, you know, uh, the stare decisis and what's the, you know, I'm going to go with the, you know, the old status of the court. We're going to hide behind that. So suddenly the judicial activist who wants to legislate from the bench disappears. And instead of writing laws from the bench, not a legislator, by the way, she's not running for Congress. She's a judge. Now, when it comes to abortion, she won't even answer the question. And now let's get to our final clip, which is the one I think everybody remembers. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman. Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. And now look, there's been a lot of memes about this. You know, can you define what a woman is? You know, not biologist, right? The answer is this. She comes from a tradition of critical theory. And in critical theory, in woke studies, critical race theory, this whole body of knowledge, this whole body of thought that's out there, they refuse to put definitions on these things because they refuse to see reality for what it is. In 1984, George Orwell said that the fundamental final order of the party was to not believe the things that you see with your eyes and your ears. Last week, a study by the American Psychological Association revealed that over 80% of Americans feel anxious about inflation and the war in Ukraine. I cannot emphasize this enough. During these stressful times, you need to take care of your bodies. It will help. It starts with eating healthy, which is why I recommend Field of Greens for my friends at Brickhouse Nutrition. Field of Greens is backed with 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables. It's loaded with antioxidants. It supports your immune system, your heart health, your metabolism, your blood pressure, and digestion. Plus, it is pre- and probiotic. And because Field of Greens uses real organic fruits and vegetables, there's no mixing and matching pills. Just put one scoop in a glass of water, stir, you're done. The best part, it tastes great, and it comes in multiple flavors. You go to BrickHousePoso.com, get 15% off your first order with promo code POSO. They also just released a health bar version called Whole in One, so there are no more excuses for not eating healthy. Where do you go? BrickHousePoso.com. Sanctions, we will survive. Uh, the measures which the president and the government are uh, developing, elaborating, and they're being announced... This is only the beginning of our economy to adjusting, to get adjust, adjusted to the new situation. After 2014, as I started to say, <clears throat> we did gain experience uh, to rely upon ourselves. And the, the biggest lesson from this particular historic period uh, is unlike uh, what we saw after 2014, that now if there was any illusion 
that we can one day rely on our Western partners, this illusion is no longer there. We will have to rely only on ourselves and on our allies who would stay with us. So there you have Sergei Lavrov, the Russian foreign minister, explaining what the new policy of Russia is going to be from an economic perspective going forward in terms of all of this. And I said it yesterday, I've been saying it on and on and on. They're going to build a new parallel economy outside of the U.S.-backed system, the SWIFT system, the U.S. dollar system. They're going to utilize the Petro-UN. They're going to utilize Bitcoin. They're even talking about doing payments for oil in gold now, so gold-backed payments from Western Europe. Understand, because the sanctions were placed in 2014, they've already had to think through ways that they can deal with this. And the Russians still have their natural oil, plus, by the way, or excuse me, their natural resources of oil and natural gas. They have the ability to be energy secure and food secure. Are we food secure? Are we energy secure? Is Western Europe? Understand, we are limited in our capabilities to go against them. And I still get people saying this, and why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Right? Remember what I said before. Remember the history of this region, the way the Rus people, the Eastern Slavic people came from this area of the Dnieper. Their capital was Kiev for a thousand years, and it's split up into multiple countries now. But that doesn't mean that they still don't view it all as part of one country, which also, by the way, has a strong religious significance when you look at the Christianization of the Rus people along the banks of the Dnieper River. Does that justify war? No. But what it does is explain some of the reasons why this is going on, and also the fact that they viewed a hostile military alliance coming into Ukraine as an existential threat from a geostrategic perspective. If the Chinese military was talking about putting bases and missiles in Mexico, right on the U.S. southern border, we would probably have something to say about that. And if our leaders weren't stupid, we would have something to say about that. Again, understand what's going on. It's not like hundreds of thousands of people just woke up one day and went crazy the way you're hearing from mainstream media. We may not agree with their reasonings, and we certainly don't agree with the consequences of this, but we have to try to understand our adversaries so that we can then pinpoint what they want and figure out how to get to a peace deal and a ceasefire faster. So going into what's happening on the ground, day 30, we're one month in, one month and one day from the French Ministry of Defense. The pressure on urban centers of the east and south is being maintained, in particular in Mariupol, where the Russians are producing their greatest effort. The general tactical situation remains fixed, but the Ukrainian forces have led some localized counterattacks. On the northern front, Kyiv, the encirclement maneuver has not yet been completed and is constrained by the flooding of the Irpin River. The town of Makariv would have been captured after a Ukrainian counterattack. On the eastern front, Kharkov, the Russian encirclement maneuver continues. Dnepro. 
The Russian advance toward this point has been slowed by the fighting, in particular for the waiting for the troops to arrive from the north and the east. They are going to be putting massive, massive forces in Dnepro. Uh, I also saw the city of Izium. Uh, the French ministry doesn't mention it, but huge stories coming from the city of Izium. A lot of fighting there. And on some of the Telegram channels that we've been seeing, they're talking about a full Russian uh, essential takeover of that strategic central town of Izium. Now down in Mariupol, the Russian urban offensive supported by numerous airstrikes is, can, is still underway. Ukrainian forces are surrounded. We've also seen stories coming out on Telegram where the Russians, in particular the Chechen forces, are, are saying that they have completely taken over the whole left bank of Mariupol. As we said before, they are splitting the cauldron. They are splitting the cauldron east-west, and they are attacking now from the north and south. Now in the city of Mykolaiv, the shelling and fighting are, are incredibly intense for control of the town and its surroundings. Ukrainian counteroffenses are blocking the Russian advance. President Biden is over in Europe right now. He conducted meetings in Brussels with the EU, with NATO. They're doing a G7 summit. They're talking about having a G20 summit. The G20 summit will be later this year in uh, Bali, Indonesia in, in October. Now, originally, President Biden and a lot of the Western leaders were saying they didn't want uh, Vladimir Putin there. They said they should kick him out. China has come forth and said, we will support him being there. So understand what's going on. But also understand there's other wars going on out there. Armenia, Azerbaijan are having a war. Ethiopia has had a civil war for an entire year at this point, where over half a million people, 500,000 people, have been killed. So understand, there's a lot going on in this violent world, and we shouldn't only pay attention to the things that the media is focusing on. Look, I got to be honest with you guys. When Tanya Tay comes up to me and it's dinner time, and she says, sweetheart, what do you want for dinner? I look at her and I say, darling, I want Good Ranchers. Because we got a box of some of the most delicious food delivered straight to our house from Good Ranchers. And I'm telling you guys, this is some of the best food that we've ever had on my plate, we've ever had at home. It tastes like, look, if you've gone to like, you know, the Brazilian steakhouses that are out there in the world, right? You know, you know how it works when they're coming around. This is like having a Brazilian steakhouse in your own kitchen. I'm not saying it's Brazilian style, but what I'm saying is you get all the different quality, high quality meats, all the different choices, all the selections, beef, chicken, seafood. It's 100% American meat. Do not pay for this low quality foreign stuff, right? No, no, no. no. We're talking ribeyes, T-bones, New York strips, prime, upper choice, cuts, signature steak burgers, Wagyu burgers. The chicken breasts, they come, they're pre-trimmed, they're pre-marinated. They're so delicious. And by the way, it's so easy to prepare. So what do you get? The exact same quality that you might think you're getting outside, right? At one of these, these fancy steakhouse chains. No, no, no. Have it right in the comfort of your own home. So where do you go? Goodranchers.com slash poso. Again, goodranchers.com slash poso. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. Nothing more to report. With regard to food shortage, yes, we did re re so talk about food shortages. And, uh, and it's going to be real. The, the price of these sanctions is not just imposed upon Russia. It's imposed upon an awful lot of countries as well, including European countries and our country as well. Well, there you go. President Biden saying food shortages are going to happen. We're going to have food shortages because of this war that he's exacerbating, Putin launched, 
Nobody wants to have peace talks. Nobody wants to talk about negotiations. Nobody wants to talk about treaties. No, we're going to have food shortages instead. So Bear Shelves Biden is back. Bear Shelves President Biden. But what's the real underlying situation here? The United States, and we talked about this the other day, we are facing winter drought conditions. What does that mean? Ukraine and Russia are the breadbasket of Europe. The Midwest, that, you know, flyover country that President Biden doesn't seem to care about, that our coastal elites or bi-coastal elites could care less about, the cosmopolitans, that's our breadbasket. They're facing drought conditions while the breadbasket of Europe is at war. So understand, the people who control the food control the world. Food, energy, this is basic Maslow's hierarchy of needs. When you can't have a stable base for the needs of your society, for the needs of your family, for the needs of yourself, that's when destabilization comes in. And a lot of people pointed out that this is what the World Economic Forum, this is what Klaus Schwab, the Great Reset, the Great Resetters of Davos, the Party of Davos, this is what they've been talking about all along. They want society destabilized. They want people destabilized, economies destabilized. The currency speculators, the people out there that are trying to tank these areas, they love it. They think it's great. They're going to use this to push a central bank digital currency while the U.S. dollar falls and while our world reserve currency status is now called into question. So understand what that means. Understand what that means for your family. Understand what that means for you. You know, we talk about food shortages. We talk about having a food preparedness plan. Right? I'm not doing that as an ad, but I'm telling you that's the way you need to start thinking as a family. Do you have an area where you can grow things in your garden? Right? During World War II, we had food shortages. And what did they have? They had victory gardens. Right? Do you have the ability? Can you raise chickens in your backyard? Do you know how to do that? Do you know people who can help you do that? Tim Pool does that, right? Chicken City. It can be done. All throughout the Great Depression, people were doing this. And you need to have to start thinking that way. Good times create soft men. And soft men create hard times. That's what we're in now. We're now moving into the soft times. <laughs> the soft times. The good times creating soft men, and the soft men creating hard times. So understand that's what's happening. That's where your country's going. The United States has been writing blank checks to people for years and years and years. And yeah, there's stimulus packages that go out, a couple hundred bucks here, a couple hundred bucks there for your family. But understand the checks that have been written to the people at the highest level, people like Larry Fink of BlackRock, the CEO who's out there talking about forcing behaviors using this ESG social credit system. Why? And why can he talk like this? Why does a guy from Wall Street have the ability to talk like this? By the way, go follow Lloyd Blankfein, the former CEO of Goldman Sachs, the guy who was the CEO of Goldman Sachs during the financial crisis, during the subprime mortgage crisis. He's out there going and calling on Twitter for airstrikes on Russian cities. Oh, can, you know, maybe, maybe Ukraine should respond with some airstrikes on Russian cities. Right. Go exacerbate things. Go make it worse. This is what Wall Street thinks. This is how Wall Street has always thought. But they have a direct 
pipeline to the money trough that's coming from the money printer of the Federal Reserve. So understand how this works. The people at the top are the ones, I talked about this before, the cotillion effect, right? The people closest to the king are the ones who get the gold. This has been going on since medieval times. When a new gold mine is found, the people closest to the king are the ones who benefit at the expense of the people furthest away, the peasants, the serfs. And guess who that is? So there's been this, this subplot going throughout the Ukraine war that we've been covering here. A lot of people have been following. I know I've been talking about this online a lot, but I saw something yesterday about the foreign fighters going over the volunteers to Ukraine that I just had to respond to. So you're seeing this in Ukrainian media as well. People are going now, Americans are going, Americans are going over to fight in Ukraine and they're posting their locations on social media. They're using cell phones. They're posting online. They're showing their locations. We've already seen how many of these International Legion barracks be struck by Russian cruise missiles. And yet they're still doing this and they're still breaking OPSEC. Take a look. Another day in paradise. Got a couple guys that got shot just a little while ago. Uh, brought them to the rear with a tank. Got my man right there, my commander. He's got the USA patch on his shoulder. Got burning buildings. We got mortars. We got rockets. We got all the fun stuff to make it a beautiful day. And so we blurred out the video there because we don't want to break their OPSEC. But understand how stupid these people are for going and posting this. You're going to get hellfire rained down on you for likes and retweets and shares, right? You're in the middle of a war zone. Don't bring your phone there. And if you do, bring a burner phone. It's like, have these guys even seen one episode of CSI, right? Oh, I'm just posting a photo. Don't worry. I'm going to post it after the fact so they won't be able to track me. Do you understand that Russia is not just some people online? 4chan could find a flag in literally the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere using constellations and flight patterns. All right. The Russian intelligence services can track your phone. They can track your SIM cards. They can see your IMSI selectors that are lighting up like a Christmas tree when they see American SIM cards and British SIM cards and Brazilian SIM cards showing up on Ukrainian networks. They're going to follow you back to where you are. And then when they see all of the SIM cards together, guess what's going to happen? A cruise missile is going to come in or a drone strike is going to come in. Stop doing this. For the love of God, stop doing this, right? You made the decision to go over there, right? You decided that it would be a good idea to take the run at Russian tanks, all right? And that's a whole other discussion. But if you are going to do that, stop posting this online for clout, man. Just stop. You're going to get your entire unit killed. They can follow you. They can track you. Keep in mind, they can do this whether you're posting or not, right? So maybe, I don't know, maybe there's, you know, an argument to be made. Well, if they're going to follow me anyway, then might as well just post so everybody can see what I'm doing, right? Like, it's like General Patton said, the point of warfare is not to die for your country, it's to make the enemy die for his, okay? 
Do you want to win? Do you want to be effective? Do you want to be an effective combat unit? Or do you want to be someone who's going over there for clout, for social media fame, so you can get on the news, so you can go on CNN? Or do you actually want to help people? Because you're not doing any of that. You're being selfish, you're being egotistical, and you're, being, you're taking risks with other people's lives. Stop doing this. Seriously, stop doing this. You want to take videos, that's one thing, all right? Save it for when the fighting is done. But when you're in that moment, you need to be in that movement and stop posting on social media. And so ends another week here, Human Events Daily. Remember, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us. Share this out with just one, just one of you know me, friends. And then leave us your five-star review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. What did we talk about today? We recapped the Jackson hearings. Then we got into what's going on in Ukraine, the battlefield update. Third, we talked about Biden calling, basically explaining that food shortages are going to happen and how much fault he is to blame for this, as well as others. And then finally, we talked about these idiots who are posting online their locations. It's almost like they're literally in a proxy war between 4chan and Reddit at this point. And let me just say, you don't want to mess with those guys from 4chan. Trust me on this. You do not want to poke the weaponized autism. But before we go, today's history break. This day, March 25th, 1920, the Treaty of Versailles was being triggered in France because Germany wasn't paying it back. The hyperinflation of the Weimar Republic was perpetuated by the Treaty of Versailles. Why are we making the same exact economic mistakes that we've made 100 years ago? Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.